Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home at the shahadat of Sayyidina Osman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an what was very noticeable is the loss of barakah the ummah became deprived from an abundance of good usually in the modern world people set their eyes on tangible items something that physically they could touch and see but in Sharia the concept of Barakah is very important in fact it would be difficult for me to define and give the exact and precise meaning of Barakah Barakah is an invisible gift a divine gift intangible gift that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only to a Muslim to a believer a believer who is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is very important that we understand the concept of barakah when we study the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam all of his supplications the dua that he made most of the dua would include the word barakah most of the dua even one of the most important sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is to make nikah Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said an nikahu min sunnati that nikah is my sunnah فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي مِنِّي And the one who turns away from my sunnah is not from me. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whenever he would sermonize the nikah between two, at the completion of the nikah, it was always the habit and the practice of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to seal that gathering of nikah with the words of barakat always at the end Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would say Barakallahu fikuma 
These are the words of Rasulullah. Barakallahu Sikuma. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the two of you, the husband and the wife. May Allah give you a lot of barakat in your nikah. This is the dua of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So many duas. Drink milk and make the dua. What is the dua when you drink milk? Ji? Allahumma barik lana fi wazidna min. Subhanallah. Milk is something that gives a person a lot of strength. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying Allah give us a lot of barakah when this liquid enters the stomach. Allahumma barik lana fi wazidna min. In fact everything about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was about barakah. Even in the salah. The tashahud that we read the words barakah have been mentioned. Assalamu alaykah Ayyuhan Nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Even in tashahud, the words of baraka have been mentioned. And what do we read after tashahud? Durud Ibrahim. Even Durud Ibrahim, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned the word baraka. Allahumma barik. Allahumma. Barik ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim innaka Hamidun Majid. And so in all the duas and the supplications of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you will find the words baraka to be included. Baraka is very very important. Very important. And that is why it was the habit of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he would meet someone or even if he did not know that individual when he would turn away from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah's Nabi would say to him Barakallah May Allah give you Barakah May Allah give you Barakah How should we greet in the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is mentioned that a man came and he said Assalamu alaykum Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said ten Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Ten And then another man came And he said Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah And then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Twenty And then the third man came And he said Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Thirty Sahabai kiram ajmaeena are wondering What is this 10, 20, 30 Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said This is the complete package of greeting your fellow Muslim brother That when you say Assalamu alaykum And then you can increase it You can say Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And every time you increase it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you reward So we need to understand the concept of baraka Baraka is very very important so when you make dua ask for barakah barakah is important Allah give me barakah in my health in my wealth give us barakah with the iman and Islam and it is all about barakah we also need to understand that every good deed 
will open the door of another good deed it will attract another good deed and every sin will invite another sin so you do one good deed and that one good deed will give you the tawfiq it will open up another good deed for you and if you commit one sin that one sin will open the door for another sin for you and with every good deed rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam has mentioned there is barakah there is barakah in fact allah's nabi was so conscious about barakah that when a group of people were eating in a platter of food someone puts the fingers in the middle section of the food and allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam stopped them and said bhai don't do this the barakah descends in the middle portion of your platter this is where barakah descends in every action of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in one hadith rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if you commit a sin then do tauba repent and then immediately immediately do a good deed that good deed will wipe out the ill effects that trail with the sin that you have committed because with every sin there is nahusa nahusa in the arabic language nahusa means the ill effects of that action that you do that is nahusa and so if you if you do a good deed insha'allah ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wipe out that sin completely we also need to understand that at times the very presence of certain individuals will also attract barakah the very presence of certain individuals hazrat abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an and hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala an both very intelligent amongst the companions and of course uh, the khulafa' ar-rashidin the first and the second khalifa of rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam their desire and wish was to be buried in the same chamber with rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam hazrat abu bakr radiyallahu ta'ala an is resting with rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that is the room of bibi aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha the father and this was the wish of hazrat abu bakr siddiq and even umar radiyallahu ta'ala an now why did they want to be buried close to rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for they knew that wherever rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was be it that he was in this dunya or even in alam barzakh or even in the hereafter the very presence of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is such that it will only attract rahma and mercy and that is why it was their desire to be buried in the same room where rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is resting and of course it is it was a very small room bibi aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha also had the desire to be buried in that room but she gave honor to hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala an and as we know in the hadith of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam there is one space and that space is reserved for hazrat isa alaihi salatu wassalam now my respected brothers and elders 
in our session tonight I want to explain and highlight for you the meaning of Barakah and we should have and have a clear understanding of the meaning of Barakah what is Barakah especially in the modern world so touching on some sections of the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam inshallah it will be easy for us to understand the definition of Barakah the Arabs had a custom the Arabs had a custom that whenever a child was born that child would be sent to the desert whenever a child was born that child would be sent to the desert this was their custom so that the child can be raised up nursed and weaned in the desert now ulama have mentioned that there are many reasons why the Arabs would want their children to be raised in the desert just to mention one or two scholars have mentioned that the Arabs would want their children to be raised up in an open natural environment in a very nomadic environment the Arabs would believe that if a child was to be raised in an open environment this would mean that physically the child would become very strong and mentally he would become also very intelligent this was the reason why the Arabs would send their children to the desert now in the city what would happen is that of course everything is restricted everything is restricted and also the crime rate is very high and so it is better to send your children in the desert now this was the custom of the Arabs with every generation that is why some of the ulama contemporary ulama have even mentioned even now it is good to give exposure to your child from a very young age to an open environment nowadays this would be very difficult we hardly have any back gardens <laughs> and for someone to have a nice back garden a huge garden or a front garden and for the child to be exposed to an open environment at a very young age this would be generally very good for the child in the upbringing and the growth the physical growth and also the mental ability of that child that is why you will find that a lot of the Darul Ulooms a lot of the Darul Ulooms are situated in the countryside a lot of the Darul Ulum very intentionally especially Darul Ulum Bari if you don't know where Darul Ulum Bari is that you'll feel that you're in the jungle and so a lot of the Darul Ulooms intentionally you will find that they are in an open area so that it actually enhances the intelligence of the child which was the Arab custom which is very important but most importantly the reason why the Arabs would also send their children at a young age in the desert is so that they would master the Arabic language the Arabic language was the pride of the Arabs and the desert Arabs would speak the Arabic language in its pure form in the city it was all about slang language but the Arabic language was very pure in the desert it was unadulterated nothing had changed they would pronounce the words also in the right manner 
And so this was the desire of all the Arabs that if my son was to become a poet, a sha'ir, then this would mean a dream come true. That child would become the gem of the family. That my son is a poet. And so this is why they would want the child to be raised up in the desert so that he can master the Arabic language. The Arabic language was everything for the Arabs. So anyone who did not know the Arabic language, they would call them as ajmi, dumb people. So if you were a non-Arab, they would class you as ajami. This man is illiterate, dumb, he's dumb. Now one very important lesson to learn here also is, ulama have mentioned that like how the Arabs took great pride in their mother tongue, which also happens to be the language of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But remember that this was their tradition even before the birth of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Today as individuals we have to make sure that we give this blessing, this barakah, this na'mah to our children. That every child must speak their mother tongue which is free. Which is completely free and it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so every father and mother should take the effort to teach the child their mother tongue. And this is also part of sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ لِيُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ That every Nabi that came, every Nabi that was appointed as a Nabi to the people, that Nabi would speak in the mother tongue, in the mother tongue language of the people. And so mother tongue is extremely important. And so one important lesson for us also, let us not follow South Africa, please. And let us follow the teachings of Sharia. And no offense to anyone who is from South Africa here, of course. Uh, Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful country and uh, very strong in Islam. But of course they lack uh, in, in certain elements and they've lost their mother tongue. And we have to make sure that we don't lose the mother tongue, which is completely free and it is a blessing. And this was the custom, the reason why they would send their children in the desert is so that they could maintain a very high level of the Arabic language. Now, we also need to remember that every so often when this tribe would come, the desert tribe that would come to the city of Makkah, with the intention to pick up newborn babies, this was not for money. They would not come to foster any child so that there was a monetary gain. It was not about money. The Arabs were very sincere people. In fact, more than money, it was about creating or maintaining a link with the people of Makkah. That is why wet nurses would come to the city of Makkah and they would look for nursing mothers and pick up the newborn children and take it back to the desert. Why? If a child from Makkah was to come with them in the desert, 
this would mean that there is a powerful link between the people of the desert and the Qurayshi tribe which was the elite tribe in the city of Makkah. So everyone would want to take a Qurayshi child. This was the reason. It was not about money. In fact, there was uh, nothing written or nothing fixed that the parents have to give money to uh, the desert people and in return, this is what one would expect. It was all about maintaining a link. So that child would be a link, a powerful link between the people of the desert and the Qurayshi people. And the Qurayshi people were very loyal and faithful. At the time of need, if they have given all the education and have raised up the child, then they would take that family as an extended family. And so they would provide all the hospitality for that family. And that is why you would find that the people in the desert would come in the city of Makkah to pick up newborn babies. That was the reason. Now, Banu Sa'ad is the Arab tribe. Banu Sa'ad is the Arab tribe, the desert tribe, which had a very high reputation of raising up children. A very high reputation. Now Bibi Amina, who is the mother of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, she wanted to make sure that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to be picked up by a wet nurse that is from the tribe of Banu Sa'ad. Because they had a very high reputation. These were people who were masters also in the Arabic language. And very good tarbiyah, nurturing of the child. And so her intention was that when the Banu Sa'ad clan were to come to the city of Makkah, she would give Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to them. And so when she heard that the Banu Sa'ad women are here in the city of Makkah, what she did is that she visited all the wet nurses. And she showed them Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And she herself is a Qurayshi. But subhanallah, 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 Every wet nurse had declined Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I won't use the word rejected. Nobody rejects Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Declined. And for a reason. Now what the wet nurses would see is that first of all this child is an orphan. And then the father, Abdullah, passed away at a very young age. This would mean that the family ties and the external connection might not be so strong. There's a weak link, a weak connection. And so it was all about connecting to the tribes of Makkah. This is an opportunity that they could not miss. And so when they saw Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they said, yes, Qurayshi, but we know that Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, passed away at a young age and it's a weak link here. And he is an orphan. And so with all respect, they would decline Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was extremely difficult for Bibi Amina, for the mother, to see this. However, subhanallah, the poorest, the poorest from amongst the wet nurses of Banu Sa'ad, the poorest lady, she was the last to enter the city of Makkah. And all the newborn babies were taken. 
And she was the last to enter The poorest And her name was Halima And also known as Halima Saadiya. She was so poor That the Mu'arrikhin Muslim historians have mentioned That she could not even provide milk for her own child And the child was crying all night when she came to Makkah She could not even give milk to her own child This is how poor she was The poorest And not only that Some of the Muslim historians have mentioned That she did not even come to Makkah With the intention to pick up a newborn baby When she could not even feed her own baby So what was her intention? In the desert at that time there was a drought So she thought that if I could join the caravan And the group of women of Banu Sa'ad What would happen is that they would also travel with all their animals The goats and the camels And this might give an opportunity to my animals to graze around the city of Makkah And if they were to graze properly this would mean that the animals would produce milk And if the animals produce milk She would drink milk and eventually She would also produce milk and give it to her own baby and her child And so this was her intention Ulama have mentioned that both Halima and the husband came on this very lazy donkey The donkey was also starving The donkey was also The baby was starving Dai Halima was starving The husband was starving The donkey was starving Malnourished, completely weak And it was taking slow strides for it to travel from the desert to the city of Makkah That is why it was the last donkey To get into the city of Makkah The other ladies, the wet nurses from Banu Sa'ad Had already selected the elite children And have now already taken the children And, and have already left the city of Makkah Allahu Akbar Now she comes And she had no intention of course To pick up any babies uh, from the people of Makkah she, she could sense the difficulty That she was facing Now Bibi Amina Struggling to find someone For who? For Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allahu Akbar And she finds out that there is still one lady In the city from Banu Sa'ad And she goes and Meets up with this lady Halima And she meets Halima And she speaks to Halima and says Halima I have a baby for you and this is my baby, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the son of Abdullah. We are from the family of, we are Hashimis from the family of Abdul Muttalib. And she also immediately realized that Abdullah had passed away. The child is an orphan. And at first, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. At first, what had happened is that. Dai Halima said no to Hazrat Bibi Amina radiallahu ta'ala anha and she said no but she was an intelligent lady immediately thereafter she said to Bibi Amina that okay let me first consult my husband the husband was there and the husband was not a dictator you'll find some husbands will say to the wife what I say happens huh? what I say Happens Here you can't feed your own baby And you want to take another baby 
But the husband was an intelligent man. And he said to Hazrat Halima that no, we are in the city of Makkah and we should not return back to the desert empty-handed. So pick up this child. And she also said, this is my intention that we should pick up this child. We should take this child with us to the desert. Now, an important lesson for us to learn. What a decision. What a decision taken by Bibi Halima. If she, if she would have declined, she was just another ordinary lady who might have come to Makkah and would have gone. History would not even record her name. History would not have even, have, would have any knowledge of who she was and the background of this woman. But at the right time, the right decision is a blessing from Allah. What we need to understand here is also, at times we have to make the right decisions and difficult decisions. And so we must do istikhara. And if we do the right decision, the right decision, subhanallah, we will enjoy the fruits of that right decision for the rest of the life. And the wrong decision would mean that we would pay the penalty of it for the rest of the life. For the rest of the life. Sometimes a lot of people don't make mashwira with the parents when they want to get married. A lot of the youth here, in the university, in the college, find a girl, she's beautiful, oh my girlfriend, oh I'm in love with her, without consulting anyone, the parents bypassing the whole family, that's it, they decide to get married, and that is it. One, two, six, seven months, and what happens? Divorce. What happens? Divorce. The right decision is so important. So important. And Dai Halima here made the right decision. History records her name until the day of Qiyamah. Every Muslim pays respect to Dai Halima when they visit Jannatul Baqi. Why? The right decision taken by her not to say no to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now going back to the concept of barakah. I wanted to explain what is barakah. And so I chose this, uh, the first section of the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She says that immediately when I picked up Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, immediately when I picked up Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there was a physical change in me. And she says, first of all, I myself became full of milk. Immediately. The minute I picked up Baraka, Baraka, you can't explain Baraka. The minute I picked up Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I myself became full of milk. And there was so much milk that first I gave my milk to this beautiful child, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Allah's Nabi drank milk, Hazrat Halima's son drank milk, and they both drank milk and both went to sleep. <laughs> Allah's Nabi went to sleep, and the, the, the baby of Dai Halima also went to sleep. And she says there was so much sakina, sakina in the Arabic language means tranquility. Descending from the heavens when I picked up Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That I went to sleep and my husband also went to sleep Allahu Akbar This is barakah 
Allah's Nabi is sleeping, the baby is sleeping, thy Halima is sleeping, the husband is sleeping, everyone is sleeping and resting. Subhanallah. And this again is a sign from Allah when Sakina comes. That is why in the battlefield also, the ulama have mentioned that people experience Sakina. Sakina. And this is a different subject and topic. And when she woke up, she says, I was amazed to see that all my animals, the milkless camels, all their udders were filled with milk. All their udders were filled with milk. And there was barakah and barakah. And that lazy donkey, <laughs> going back to the lazy donkey of uh, Bibi Halima, she says that when I looked at my donkey, <laughs> who was this donkey? Allahu Akbar, it was like as if this donkey uh, was completely reju rejuvenated and very energized. And when I sat on that donkey with Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, now the donkey would travel at the speed of light. So fast, just like the Burak, so fast that the husband would say, Halima, bus, bus, Halima, bus, bus. And Halima is saying to the husband, what is happening? I don't know. What is happening? I don't know. Because obviously she was not exposed to uh, this kind of barakah before. That what is happening? What magic is this? This is not magic. This is the barakah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That the animals, their udders are filled with milk. She is full of milk. And all the animals are now stouty and strong and energetic. And this, this donkey is so fast and traveling so fast that not only did it catch the other tribes and the women of Banu Sa'ad, the clan that had already left Medina, but it surpassed the clan. And the women are saying to Dai Halima, 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 what's happened to your donkey? It was the slowest donkey. <laughs> Halima, Halima, what is happening? This was the slowest donkey. And she is saying, I don't know, don't ask me, I don't know, don't ask me. She said, I don't know, don't ask. This is barakah. That every wrong becomes right. Every wrong becomes right. Sometimes when you're traveling, you'll find that it's a long distance. But there is barakah. And you don't even get tired. And it's like as if you've just been on this travel for maybe an hour. But it's a long ride. And this is barakah, my respected brothers. Allahu Akbar Kabira. And so when she got back to the desert, and again everything there was full of barakah, it was, it was more of a farming community. The desert tribes were like a farming community. What would happen is that there were shepherds that would look after the animals and would make sure that the animals would graze and return back home. So now because there was a drought, what would happen is that all the animals would return back on an empty stomach. Except for the animals of Bibi Halima. They would come back completely full and content. So now the other tribes were com complaining to the shepherds that what are you doing? Why don't you take our animals to the location where Dai Halima's animals are grazing? But Allahu Akbar, even if they were to take the animals to the precise location where the animals of Dai Halima were grazing. It was not about Dai Halima, 
but it was about her association with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is why my respected brothers, we need to remember that when we commit ourselves to any sunnah, any sunnah, any link with Rasulullah, any connection with Rasulullah, even if it's through a sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then that is also full of barakah. If you wear an amama, that is barakah. You do miswak, that is barakah. You put surma, that is barakah. You have a beard, that is barakah. You read salah like how Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam read salah, it is full of barakah. And everything is about barakah when you come close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That is the true definition of barakah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Insha'Allah ta'ala in the next session we will continue after the shahadat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma sari ala Sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabil ummi wa ala alihi wa salim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna ka anta tawabu rahim nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa atana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir birahmatika ya arhamar rahimun